Check this out. I want you to close your eyes and picture a terminal, right? And at this terminal, there's this flashing cursor. I guess it depends on how you have HyperJS configured, right? But there's this cursor. It moves. And we see the letters NG, and then space, and then the word new, and then the term NGAIR 107, and boom, like magic, we've got a new episode of Angular Air. That's the kind of awesome stuff that the new release of the Angular CLI 1.0.0 final can do. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today we are talking Angular CLI. We've got a couple panelists with us today, and we've got some guests. So let's meet them and get to business. Uh, joining us today as a panelist, we've got our resident NG Panda, Austin McDaniel. Austin, what's going on? How's it going, everybody? Is everyone ready for uh, next week at NGConf? I'm trying, I've been practicing my talk with my panda head on the whole time. Not going very well. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> that would be rough. And we got uh, Olivier Combe joining us. Olivier, how's it going? Hey, guys. So long time to see. <laughs> yes, yes. Glad to have you back. Glad you can make it. Yeah. And then we have a uh, guest slash panelist or ghoulist, uh, trademark Jeff Cross, uh, join us today. Uh, Mike Brocky. Mike, how's it going? Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me on as a guest, a ghoulist. I'm going yeah, to so have a shirt made up today. Um, and then we've got um, a straight up guest, uh, he, but he's welcome to be a panelist anytime he wants to. Hans Larson. Hans, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing good, doing good. You, uh, why don't you and Mike tell our viewers about uh, what you guys do and what you guys got going on just in case they don't know? Either one of you can start. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Mike, why don't you, uh, why don't you start? Ah, sure. So I am a, uh, I started off as an open source contributor to the CLI, which uh, you probably heard on episodes 85 through 106. <laughs> and uh, I was doing that for a long time. And recently I started uh, doing this full time as a contractor, uh, working on the Angular CLI, building tools for making Angular development easier uh, for Angular developers. Angular, yeah. It's a lot of Angular, a lot of developer in there. But yes, that's what I've uh, been working on. So just continuing to add features, uh, adding stability, and uh, making the product better. Yeah. And uh, um, I, um, I started here on the Angular team uh, in uh, Angular Material. Um, and then I, start, I saw the CLI project, and I, I saw that for people, to, you know, in order to help people ma really make like, great apps and beautiful websites and great Angular anything, really. Uh, we needed to make the CLI better, so I decided to take the project. The project was kind of uh, you know, growing, but really slowly, so I started contributing more to it, and I became the lead on uh, the Angular CLI. Um, and I've been full-time on it since uh, December, and uh, until now, where we have the 1.0 release. Nice. All right. So let's start out with saying a big congratulations. Austin, do you have that uh, cheering sound that you queued up last week? Can we play that a little bit and celebrate the, the final release? Maybe not. 
One second. Cheers. All right, so we've made it to final. So what does that mean? Um, that means that we're uh, officially supporting um, the Angular CLI. The Angular team is actually fully supporting Angular uh, CLI. That Angular CLI is stable. Uh, we're following Semver. So any, um, any minor uh, release, any, any feature will be in a minor release. Any bug fixings will be in patches, of course. And anything breaking uh, officially will be in a major release. So we're fully committed to uh, Semver. We're fully committed to supporting users. If users find you know, any kind of issues, we'll fix those. And any new features will be in a minor release. So. There's another. Uh, correlating to the Angular 4.0 uh, final as well. So are we getting new, every new project that we create with the CLI now is 4.0? Yes, exactly. There's, there's another huge benefit of uh, being at 1.0.0 final and not beta, not alpha, not release candidate, out of order, but same thing, um, is that for people working at companies that don't support pre-release software, uh, they can easily go to their bosses and say, yep, it's out, it's released, uh, rubber stamped. Uh, we can use it with, even though they may not support using pre-release software. So that's a big win and uh, hopefully opens it up, the CLI, to a larger, broader audience. Very nice, very nice. Well, what, um, so what kind of big things do we got in here that uh, made it into this final release? Uh, kind of, I guess, what is, what is the product summary of it right now? Like what are the key features that it has and then some of the cool new stuff that, that made it in there? Uh, you, can, um, you can create a project, of course, that comes entirely uh, with Angular 4. Uh, it comes with end-to-end uh, -end test support right out of the box. It comes with uh, unit tests, and it comes. It's a little hello world app when you uh, create it. But then after that, you can generate your components. Uh, you can generate new classes. You can generate uh, services and pipes. You don't have to remember, like, oh, oh my God, what is what is the boilerplate for a pipe? Uh, you just ng generate pipe, uh, the name of the pipe that you want, and it's going to be automatically added. To your module, it's going to be uh, including uh, unit tests that uh, are simplistic that you can start building upon. And um, we support uh, building your app, um, and we support serving it locally, um, and uh, we support uh, building for prod using uh, AOT, which is ahead of time uh, compilation which is really important uh, for the size and the, the, the optimization of the app, because the size is smaller and the app is uh, faster to, uh, to bootstrap. And um, am I forgetting anything, Mike? Uh, I think you mentioned lazy loading, but I wanted to focus on that a little bit more. Um, configuring lazy loading for build processes can be a little bit troublesome uh, to be able to have the ability to discover a lazy route um, isn't trivial, but to have that out of the box to specify, all you have to do is change your route uh, in a CLI-generated application, and you automatically uh, have the separation of those modules uh, to be able to load those features uh, after the fact, which is a big performance gain 
in many, many applications. Yeah, and um, it supports, um, thank you, Olivier. It supports um, IETH name internationalization uh, out of the box. So you can build an app for a local that you want to support. Say you want to build an app that supports uh, French, for example. I don't know why I picked French. Um, so you create your app, and then you, uh, you create your templates following the internationalization uh, best practices of Angular. And you uh, you can extract um, the um, you you can extract the the XML file for internationalization, send that to your translation team. They're going to bring you new files, and then you can use that in a build to build like a French version of your app. Um, hey, we have somebody here today with us that knows a little bit about that, right? Yeah, you should come to my workshop next week. <laughs> I, yeah, I so would, but my, my uh, at the same time. What's your involvement in that I18N stuff? <laughs> yeah, we we will have an episode on, on this. Yes, yes, we are. We're going to have a future episode on that, so um, we'll we'll address that then. <laughs> All right, so um, so we got the CLI, right? That's this awesome tool that helps us do all these things that you listed for um, our Angular projects. Is this something that people um, to really start with as like, okay, they're starting to build their Angular apps, they should be thinking about, you know, leveraging the CLI to begin with. Um, I personally kind of feel that way, especially now with, with a lot of the new features that are in there that um, like the eject and stuff like that, that allows you to get started quickly with this, but then also go and kind of have control over all these things that you might need as, as your application grows. So you're not really ever feel like you're limited to or diving into and going, oh man, I, I started with the CLI and now I'm stuck with it. It's there's so many features in there now that you can kind of yeah that, that's right um, we really want to get you know people use cases uh, and we really want to make sure that every that we can get you to the point you want and like you mentioned eject is really a point where um, okay I'm at the limit of the CLI I want something that the CLI cannot provide or maybe my organization is you know way more complex with way more processes or uh, something like that. Uh, we let you eject your Webpack config so that you can actually implement your own plugins and have more control over the build itself. Uh, but normally we try to really support you know ninety percent of uh, users out there, and definitely most of the uh, uh, everybody who's starting off and just want to have a taste of Angular should start with a CLI because that's the easy way to get you started and really look at what the Angular can provide for you if you don't know about it. It really lowers the barrier to entry as far as I'm concerned. Um, if you come in blind and you just start with an empty directory um, and you want to run an Angular application, obviously you need to install Node and NPM. But then, all right, well, how do you compile your TypeScript? How do you um, assemble those into your HTML? Uh, how do you load all these things to the browser? How do you handle lazy load? How do you handle all these things? So rather than having to load or learn all these other um, side technologies in order to just run an Angular application is a rather large hill to climb if you're doing it on your own um, to learn all those different processes and different tools. Uh, to be able to get that up and running, but to be able to just install a tool like the CLI 
and just say, hey, I want a new project or a new Angular Air episode. Uh, then you just run ng-new, you get your uh, application, you write ng-serve, navigate to the browser, or even uh, run it with dash o uh, to open up the browser automatically for you, and you've got your application up and running. Start your development, start playing with uh, what Angular offers. You mentioned a lot about uh, TypeScript there. Uh, do you have to use TypeScript with the CLI? Is there just a plain JS option, or um, are we really focusing on using TypeScript? That's a well-kept secret. Um, but technically, if you, uh, we don't do anything special for TypeScript for forcing you to use TypeScript. And if you specify your main entry point as being like JavaScript, for example, uh, we will still compile that. And um, we do have a test uh, with a simplified JavaScript application that kind of work. So we make sure that we don't regress on that. But it's not documented because we don't want we 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 want people to take TypeScript uh, the TypeScript approach first because TypeScript is so much more easier uh, to use with Angular and so much better than just writing JavaScript. Um, but if you want to provide like if you already have like a JavaScript app and you want the CLI to build it, um, it kind of will, but you'll have to manually go into like the configurations and uh, the little uh, the little things to make it work. Also, AOT won't work, right? Obviously, no. you need TypeScript for that. You need TypeScript for AOT. Uh, there is a lot of features that will not work. I think IETN will not work either because uh, uh, we require a special build for that. And. For me, um, even if you don't want to take advantage of the types in TypeScript, um, just using the types for dependency injection saves you from having to write a bunch of other uh, ancillary code to configure dependency injection. So while some people may be averse to the idea of using TypeScript, I highly recommend at least using the TS extensions for dependency injection for the uh, your classes for components or anything else. So any services that you create and want to inject within your uh, component will be able to resolve for you. Where's our resident coffee script guru, Alyssa, when you need her? <laughs> yes, yeah, so speaking of styling, we also got uh, some SAS compilation built in there as well, right? Yes, uh, we have SAS, less Stylus, and I think Compass. Uh, already in. We install everything that you need. Uh, if we cannot install, I think the only one that has known issues is uh, Node SAS. Uh, there are some platforms that you cannot install it. Um, but if you do npm install at Angular slash CLI, it will, uh, if it cannot install Node SAS, it will not do it. And you can still use the CLI. You cannot just build SAS files. And it will show you an error when, uh, when that happens. One thing that I really like with uh, the CLI is that you don't have to learn and research the, be the best practices. Um, you keep it updated to always have the best performance available. Um, and even if you uh, somehow find a new way uh, to make it more performant, you just have to update the CLI, and you will get it without any configuration. So that's cool. You mentioned uh, best practices. Does it have things like linting and things like that built in out of the box for you? 
Yep, uh, it does linting. It does. Um, it uses TSLint, and it uses your own TSLint configuration for that. So that works right, right out of the box if you do nglint. It also comes with Codalizer, right? Yes, uh, it installs Codalizer, and uh, we have some rules by default to use Codalizer. For example, if you import a file that has side uh, side effects, uh, we'll tell you. I think by default. Not sure if it's by default or not. And I, I just saw um, today we're doing an, uh, some application for myself that uh, it will run when you're doing stuff that will break AOT. Uh, at least some of the stuff, um, like not using uh, an exported function for ng module. I don't know if it's What's if it's part of uh, the new Angular language service or if it's Codalizer or if it's the CLI. But it's nice to have this kind of errors in the console. Just for the viewers that don't know what Codalizer is, can one of you guys fill them in? Sure. Um, I I've, have limited experience with it, but my understanding is that Codalizer is like a level deeper uh, than linting your code. It actually analyzes your code to give you additional errors and warnings, um, which I believe the browser can also, or excuse me, the editor can also interpret for you. And yeah. the big thing that I found out uh, uh, that it does is like it can introspect your templates. So if you're using the wrong like variables and stuff like that, it can kind of give you guide points there as well. It does. Um, and uh, to the point that Olivier brought up, the uh, Angular language services, there's a VS Code plugin that is, I, it's still pre-released, um, to as a plugin to VS Code to give you that type of uh, IntelliSense and um, error, error reporting within your templates as well, both inline and uh, separate file. So internal and external. And I think you can get that through a, a package, right? A scope package at Angular slash language services. And then like I know I think WebStorm will take advantage of that and use that if you have that as part of your project. I believe so. I'm not entirely positive on that. Um, I'm, a, I'm still getting back into the swing of things. I was uh, out on vacation last week, so. And of course, the cool thing with the linting and the codalizers and the CLI is that all these things come as these configurable files, right, that are part of your project. So they come out of the box from the CLI in a, in a way that they have that set up, but you can tweak those and change those for your individual projects, and it's scoped to each individual project. So you really have a, a lot of total control over that stuff, which is really cool. Absolutely. Definitely. So, uh, really quick, can we touch a little bit more on the um, eject functionality? Because um, again, I think it's important for people to know that, like, dive into the CLI and use the CLI to start your projects. And don't worry so much, as maybe we did in the past, about getting roped into, like, being married to it and being stuck and then hitting scenarios. Because I think over the course of the alpha and the beta of that, um, those were things that were getting worked out, right? And we, at our company, dove in and said, we're going to use a CLI. But there's a lot of challenges we face going through that and times where we question, oh, man, is this, do we dig in too deep? Are we stuck? And how do we solve this thing? But I think over the time and with this final release, now we have a lot of the tools built into this and the commands and things that we can do to allow us to tweak it as needed to fit our needs 
Um, and it's a real happy place. And, and uh, this eject is one of those scenarios, right? Um, now, when this ejects and you talk about it, pulls out the Webpack config, is it basically, right? I haven't used it yet, is it writing the file of all the config stuff for Webpack as the CLI has it at this current version, 1.0.0 final? Um, I, I before we get into exactly how it works and uh, the inner workings there and what it does, I think that it's um, wise to consider that the CLI handles most scenarios for most projects. And I would encourage most people to work with the CLI, work with the build process that's there, and only eject if you hit if you run into a scenario that is not being handled uh, in your particular organization or your project or your processes that don't support something in particular. Um, but I would urge, because there's going to be optimizations that come down the road that a later version of the CLI may provide some additional optimizations or additional features or anything else that if you've ejected, then you, you may miss out on that because then you essentially own your own build process. So before we get into exactly what is in there, I just urging people to stay with it and try and work within the confines there um, unless, they're, unless they hit an absolute uh, necessity, necessity. And if they hit one of those, you just tweet at brocco.com. Or whatever your Twitter is. You've subscribed to those, right, Austin? Please. But, uh, Mike is our uh, PR person. <laughs> our, <laughs> our Twitterer. Um, so, uh, yes, I think, I think that's a really good uh, point that uh, when you inject, it, you need to make a conscious, a conscious choice that you're not using the CLI to build anymore. We do support um, generating code. If you want to generate new components, we do still support that. But if you try to, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, if you, if you try to ng build once you've ejected, we will tell you, like, you ejected. We don't know what you really want at this point. So um, use Webpack to build, for example. Or if you want to try to serve, um, use Webpack Dev Server for that. And so we it sounds like you know a, a, the CLI gets a lot of you know things like that. But maybe if you're having to eject, maybe it, should you just go to Webpack straight up then? What What do you mean go to Webpack like the CLI or the user? Uh, as as a, you know, if I'm needing to eject in the CLI. Uh, and add a whole bunch of things. Is the CLI really the best tool for you know that type of user? No, but we see eject as a point in time where like oh you can use the CLI until you reach that point, and then then like after that you want to move to Webpack, you want to move to custom stuff. Um, so eject is really that that uh, that point that. Uh, break be between like your old timeline where you were using CLI to do everything because CLI fit your need, um, and then move to using Webpack instead, which uh, will cover everything that you do, basically. Um, so we do, we do uh, three things for uh, eject. ng-eject takes everything, um, every flags that build will take. So it's the same as ng-build. If you want to eject like an AOT config, you have to eject to ng eject dash dash AOT or a prod config ng eject dash dash prod. 
So we do this. Uh, can. Or can I, yeah, sorry, I forget <laughs> it. It is an important flag, yes. Um, and you want to, uh, so what we do is take those flags, make the same configuration, the same exact Webpack config that build would do. And but instead of passing it to Webpack, we pass it to a custom serializer internally that outputs a webpack.config.js. Um, that custom serializer could use some improvements. For example, there is no comments. There is no explanation of what things does. Um, but it gives you a good idea that it's going to be the same config as if you run and you build with the same flags. Uh, the second thing that we do is we have a list of loaders and plugins that uh, we use inside the CLI. Like, for example, we support SAS. So if you're getting rid of the Webpack config of ng-build and you want to use Webpack, you need to have SAS loader as a part of your package.json. So we open your package.json. We add uh, the loaders that, uh, that you need to be able to run the Webpack config. And the next time, after ejecting, it's recommended to do an NPM install to get everything that you might be missing. And the third thing is uh, we uh, add some NPM scripts for you. Uh, and this is just a convenience. Uh, so for example, NPM run build will run Webpack for you. Um, NPM run serve will run Webpack dev server. And this is just so that you, know, you don't feel totally left out. That's really cool. Warnings. Uh, so as it adds those NPM scripts, it essentially disables the uh, ng the associative ng commands. So if we were to try to run ng build after you eject, it'll tell you, "Hey, uh, you've ejected in this project. Please run this script uh, instead." That's not a direct is, quote. Is there a way? Exact messages. Is there a way to uh, reintegrate? Re I don't know how to say it. There's no good word. I've looked, I've looked for it. It's like uneject. <laughs> Undo eject, re inject. inject. There's no good word for it. Not good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is no way to undo eject. Um, we don't verify if you're in, in a Git repo, for example. We do not verify that you're currently uh, committed, that you don't have local changes. But we do suggest heavily that you commit your Git before running eject, so that you have at least a point in time where you can come back. Um, and you can also, like, when that happens, you can also get diff to make sure that everything that the CLI did was the right thing that you're looking for. What do you check to know if, uh, if it's ejected or not? Uh, when or where? <laughs> what, what do you check? What? So uh, we put a flag inside the CLI config uh, for that. And um, yeah, that's it. That, that, that's it. It's just a Boolean. Um, we don't support putting that boolean to false while you're ejected for obvious reasons, because at that point, you're basically saying, I'm on my own, but I still want you. I, you haven't made your choice yet. Um, but yeah, we check, we check the config to make sure that like, you ejected. So if you run ng-build, we tell you, like, you might want to run npm run build instead. 
So that's super cool. You guys got um, the ability to break out there. What, you know, 1.0 is here, 1.0 is awesome. What's on the horizon next? Are we gonna do like change log generation and all these, all this type of stuff? Or, you know, what, what can we expect? Uh, we, um, so for uh, features for 1.0, 1.x, like 1.1, 1.2, uh, we have some uh, good work uh, right now that's for universal support. So I don't know if you remember, but a long, long time ago in a beta far, far away, uh, there was a mobile flag and there was some universal support in the CLI, and then everything broke down, uh, and we had to remove the mobile flag because it was not uh, really stable and it was not uh, supported very well. Um, but we have a plan to bring universal in. Uh, we have a design right now that's being worked on and reviewed. Um, we have PRs to add that feature, and I think this is going to be the first 1.1 uh, uh, release of the CLI. is going to include uh, some kind of universal build. Uh, we still, we're still not sure on the specifics, like what happens when you do ng-serve on the universal, like does it create a node server for you, an, uh, an express server for you or not? We're still working out the details, but uh, that's going to come relatively soon. Uh, the other thing is that we're working constantly on improving the build size. I think one of the most uh, important metrics for us is when you create an app with a CLI and you build it, we really want the smallest possible build that you can get. And um, we have metrics for that. We kind of measure it. But uh, there is a lot that we can do to improve it. Uh, not just like not just bumping the Webpack version, but actually like do active stuff on us on the side. For example, um, uh, classes and um, classes have side effects, and Uglyfy doesn't remove them. So even if you declare a class but you don't use it, uh, it might still end up in the final build, and uh, we want to remove those. So. And we want to, you know, really bring down the build because I think that's really what people are looking for. People want to build apps that are small and uh, performant, and this will really help. In addition to AOT and everything, so tree shaking better, um, better story for that without the user having to do anything. Um, and of course, like um, we're more or less in in, in terms of um, in terms of feature, we're more or less. Uh, frozen on that. We don't have a lot of features in the pipeline, and most of these features are community-driven more than like the core team. We have uh, four full-timers working on the CLI, um, and uh, but I want I really want the whole team to move towards you know version 2.0, which will be a major uh, rethinking of the CLI. Um, so mostly bug fixes are in the pipeline too. No, I, I've got one for you that I think you're working on. It's um, uh, rebuilding with AOT, uh, with fast fast rebuild. Is it something that, that's um, on the pipeline? Yes, but it's on the pipeline from Angular core team. Uh, okay. Yes. So we, we also, because we use uh, the same backend as NGC for building uh, AOT, Every speed improvement that happens to uh, NGC will also happen to our uh, to the CLI. So we're looking forward to having like 
for example, a watch mode on NGC, which will allow us to, you know, just have a watch mode and rebuild super fast in EOT, which at that point, because the, the final goal would be to, you know, have AOT all the, most of the time, uh, as much as possible. And I say most of the time because there are some cases where AOT cannot work, which is, I think, only unit testing so far. So when you do ng-serve, I think AOT on all the time is a goal for us. But for that, we need rebuild time that are significantly faster than what we have right now. And to be clear for yeah, I think one of the, that's one of the things on the horizon that we're looking forward to. I mean, because as an application gets bigger and bigger and you have a ton of these components in your app, that development experience of the rebuild as you make changes and then the rerun of the bootstrap and the browser, like those are two things, right? And so you can kind of have either or right now. You don't have AOT compile, so the bootstrap takes a long time, but the compile is a little faster. Or you AOT compile, and now your bootstrap's fast, but the AOT takes longer. So, um, but I'm sure that, that stuff, you know, like you mentioned, it's in the pipeline, we're gonna get eventually, right? Yes, and uh, another thing too that happens, not a lot, but often enough that we have like uh, people finding issues on it, is that people are building their app in JIT, and then they build their product in AOT, and then the product doesn't work because they use some, some feature or some stuff that should work, uh, that either two things, should either should work in AOT but don't, or uh, doesn't work in AOT but they don't know about. So building all the time on AOT would remove a lot of issues like that as well. Uh, better, better service for users and better performance for their apps. So. Cool. Hey, um, really quick, we've got a question about uh, generating routes. Can you do that? We used to have that, right? Is that back or? Uh, that's a... I'll, I'll take that one. You want to take that one? Yeah, I've, I was the one who worked a lot uh, closely with Rob. So originally, way, way, way back when, like pre-beta, um, there was an old version of the router where the routes were defined directly inside of components. We were able to go in and generate those routes for you, like this specific route. Um, that's changed with the new router, um, and they're generated externally now, uh, and we recommend doing that in a routing module, so a NG module specifically dedicated for defining your routes within. And so why we don't support generating specific routes, we do support generating that routing file for you. You can do that at two different times. You can do that when you initially generate your application. Um, so when you do ng-new and then the name of your project, you can specify dash dash routing, which will generate a routing file for you. I think it's app.routing or dash routing dot module. Uh, you can play around with that as you generate new projects. Um, so that will generate that file for you. Also, when you generate a new module. So if you're generating a feature module, um, which if you're gen uh, many feature modules have their own routing internally, uh, you can also use the dash dash routing uh, flag for generating modules, which will also generate a routing module for you. So not generating specific routes, uh, but generating the routing uh, structure for you. Uh, the main reason for that is that if we were to create a um, language or a means for defining routes uh, via the CLI, that language would involve more typing or at least the same amount of typing than you would to just type the routes directly into those files. Um, 
so the gain of adding a boatload of code for a minimal gain, if any gain, uh, for end users just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, just to add a little bit on that last point is um, routing is really, it's really customizable and really complex. Uh, so we, if you say like, oh, I want to add this route, well, it doesn't tell necessarily, it doesn't tell us where in the, the, the list of routes, where do you want to add it, for example. So we should have, we should have some kind of index that you can pass that says, I want to add this route as the third route. Uh, and then that doesn't really tell us like which component should that route use. So we need to you know be able to tell the component. So what Mike said is basically passing all these options to customize your route properly on the command line would be more or as at least as much code as just doing it yourself. Cool. So um, we talk about the future of the CLI. I've got some requests. Can I make those requests right now? Or <laughs> so one of the things I want to know about is um, well, a couple of things. There's some people are asking about this as well. Is uh, the ability to create libraries using the Angular CLI? What's the story on that going forward? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so we kind of not gonna do that for CLI 1.0. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I'm really, I'm really sorry, Austin. I'm, I, I really am. But uh, this, this, this has been a lot of yes. Um, yeah, throw all your requests right now. I'll take that. We <laughs> 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 at Mike. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll all be ready for next week at NG Call. <laughs> Mike, Mike, it's a Mike promise. It's not a, a Hans promise. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I just yeah. So for for one point the um, library support, uh, add-on support, you know, all these kind of stuff. It's it's not going to happen because we're we kind of I wouldn't say we painted ourselves in a corner, uh, but one is getting a little bit harder to. To work on, and as we add features like those, it's going to get harder and harder. So it's so we decided like a few months ago that um, two point two is going to be where we're going to put our real uh, focus on in the next months and the next like year and years. Um, and two is going to be a full redesign, rethinking of what uh, what it means to provide like. Uh, tools and um, to, tools to users, basically. And we're we're going to work on like a full. It's not going to be just a CLI, which it is right now. It's going to be a full SDK, a software development kit, where uh, instead of providing tools for users, uh, for well, when I say users, I'm talking about developers that use the CLI. Um, but instead of just providing one tool. To those people to build apps on, we are going to provide like a set of tooling and a set of uh, different tools for both the users, uh, both the developers, and also the tool makers, the add-on makers, um, and that that will include, for example, like Olivier was saying, a performance tool, a performance analysis tooling. Um, that will include like from from the start. 
from the early stages of design, which we are currently in, uh, we're taking into account like libraries because that was one outside of Webpack config uh, that was the most requested feature was uh, add-on, uh, not add-on library support, but creating libraries using the best practices that uh, Angular provides, and that can actually just deploy to npm. Everybody want, wanted that. Uh, we will support generating documentation and change logs, for example. That's going to be something that we support uh, from the start. But it will require a lot of patience um, and rethinking what it means to like, build an SDK for a web framework, which, um, which I don't think exists right now. I don't think there is any other framework that really provides like, a software a set of tools. They all provide like, a little CLI, but not, not really like, a full uh, suite. Ionic as something like that, I think. Yes, I, I, but I, yeah, Ionic as uh, would be the closest, and we work really closely with Ionic. Um, we work with uh, WebStorm, um, and we will work with Microsoft to make sure that like IDEs are taken into account for building that, so that you know IDE support is uh, really important for us because they are normally the first interface that user will use. Um, and like most of the users of the CLI, they use they don't use a terminal as a separate application. They use a terminal inside their IDE. Um, so this is something that we want to do. Like if you can just push a button and get like a full working library that you can deploy on npm, and then that you can run some analysis on uh, for building, and that follows the AOT best practices. Like this is this is really our goal here. You know, you mentioned yeah, ID, and when I think about that, that and this integration with it, I think about um, the ability to generate components, services, that sort of thing, right? And that integration with that. Uh, what's the future story on us being able to configure what those templates look like so we can set those things up unique for our project? So, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, uh, we want to add the ability to use custom templates. Uh, for your project, like you have a project and you want your components to look a certain way, uh, you could provide us with like a list of templates that you want to use when you generate the new stuff, or you can provide us custom templates for, like, if you want to build your route generation, for example, your own route generation, you can do that easily. So we want to provide that. Um, this is, and uh, the other thing that we want to provide is. Um, a way to keep like a library of templates on GitHub um, or somewhere on the inter internet, somewhere in the cloud. So that um, one thing that we noticed is that we kind of had a hard time uh, keeping up while while the Angular uh, RCs were happening. Uh, we wanted to make some changes to the templates, and then we need a new release of the CLI that people are going to start using. Uh, instead, we wanted like keep our keep our templates on GitHub somewhere, and don't have to push a new version of the CLI to use like a new version of the template. So decouple the release cycles of templates and CLI. So when you do ng generate or ng new, when you do ng new, you're sure and certain that whatever version of the CLI you're using, you're going to get the latest version of your project of the project that we can generate for you with the latest features or everything. And just to circle back, um, while we're talking about um, moving from the idea of a CLI to an SDK, 
just to be perfectly clear, we're not taking away what the CLI is. The CLI will essentially just be a gateway into the SDK. So the meat and potatoes, if you will, will just be transferred instead of living within the CLI, will be in the SDK, and you'll still be able to utilize those from the CLI. So does this mean that you can use uh, some of the tools that you build uh, without using the CLI? As yeah. Well? Yes, that's, that's the yeah. goal. IDEs will be able to tap directly into the SDK rather than having to go through the CLI, for example. Yeah, and um, other features that we want to support in an SDK, for example, would be uh, refactoring or uh, upgrading uh, your code. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go into like a timeline or anything like that. But um, I don't know if you remember Alex Eagle's uh, presentation from last NGConf. Uh, that was a long time ago. Um, but basically, he talked about like the problem is Angular between Angular two and Angular four. There was no breaking changes, but there was like still some work to do on your app. Like. Yeah, a year ago, literally a year ago, because NGCOF is next week. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, basically, uh, like, you need to upgrade your app from one major to another version, uh, major of Angular, or maybe Material. Maybe you want to upgrade Material. Uh, well, I'm not going to say Material one to Material two because that's Angular JS to Angular. But uh, you have third-party libraries or first-party libraries like that that you want to upgrade. And you, don't want, you need to refactor your code. You need to change your code. So we want to support that kind of path where you basically just type in a command, and we'll try to uh, read your project, figure out. Um, figure out what needs to be done to upgrade from one version to another. And uh, if it's not supported, we won't support it. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know if AngularJS upgrades are going to be supported. Uh, I can tell you it's a really, really complicated problem to solve, so. Problem. Yeah, that sounds insanely challenging to write. <laughs> yes, uh, but just upgrade from, uh, just upgrade your templates, uh, your, uh, your TypeScript code. For example, uh, Angular, uh, two to four change template to ng template. Uh, so we could rewrite those for you instead of you having like you having to go through the change log and going through like, oh, I need to do this, to this, to this, forget about the step, forget about some files. Uh, we'll do it for you. So that's oh, one thing that we want to support. Yeah, one kind of upgrade that I would like to have is ng CLI upgrade that would upgrade the CLI in your project. Without having to change some of the thing in the in the config files, yeah, that would be something that we we want to support as well. So we want to... question: When are panda emojis coming to the CLI? <laughs> See, now you're getting ahead to picks, and I've already got a pick for late for later in the show. <laughs> Related. Okay, so um, you also talk about, or is there stuff that's going to come as far as like replacing other pieces? I mean, you got, we talked about ng and jack or eject, right? And maybe these custom templates, like plans for other things to be replaceable, the testing uh, harness, things like that. Yeah. Um, so one thing that we want to keep around is eject, but we want to reduce the number of cases where eject is going to be uh, needed. So actually, I want to reduce that 
to zero, really. Uh, you, nev you never should need to eject a project in an SDK world. So for, in order to do that, we need to make every piece uh, of the SDK like customable. So if you want to use, if you want to use Webpack, or you don't like Webpack because reason X Y Z, you don't like uh, I don't know, you don't like projects that start with W. So you can use Rollup instead. Um, and uh, you you so you can replace the build system to use Rollup, or maybe your corp your organization like your your corporation your your business doesn't doesn't use like Karma, they use something else to run their tests, and they use, don't use Jasmine, they use Mocha, which um, right now we don't fully support. I think it's still possible. I think some people are doing it with the CLI, but we don't fully support it. Uh, but this is a case where the SDK, we want to be able to replace the whole, every single piece of it should be replaceable by the user. And not just replaceable, but also extensible. So imagine, and this is pre-designed before we've gotten into this at all, um, but imagine the idea of you want to run some sort of pre-build hook. Uh, so before the build process starts, maybe you need to move some files around or uh, copy a file or copy some file contents or anything like that uh, to be able to hook into that type of event to be able to do something to customize your own build process, as well as the idea of well, first of all, to continue on that, so to the idea of taking the build process that's there and manipulate it, not so much, which is an in-between between right now, it's either you use the CLI's build process or you eject and you have your own, to have that in-between, uh, more granular approach to customizing your build process, um, as well as the idea of, you know what, my organization has this gulp process or grunt uh, configuration, and that's what we're required to use in our organization then it would be a potential to have a full replacement of it. So it's basically say, hey, don't run your build process, run my full one, and it's a complete replace of what's there because of uh, any corporate uh, restrictions that are there. So how many new people are you hiring to do all of that? Because only four people uh, with following the issues on GitHub and, and doing the code, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> So, so I'll answer that by saying, well, I, I, I'm not a Google employee, and I uh, can't say anything about hire. But I will say that we have not committed to any timeline. <laughs> so four people could definitely get it done. It may take 10, 15 years, but uh, it, it depends upon timeline. But we have a lot of uh, planning and design to do up front. So this is a moonshot, right? Uh, we're really going a little bit wild on the brainstorming. Um, but the truth is, most pieces will be done uh, incrementally because everything is replaceable and everything is kind of compartmental, uh, like little pieces, little packages. Like we can actually release some of them as we go. For example, the code sca the scaffolding tool can be like done independently of the build system, so we can release them in different uh, different versions. Um, but yeah, this is this is a moonshot, and there's definitely going to be a roadmap where we're going to have milestones, and uh, I want to make that as public as possible. Once we have a clear idea uh, of uh, what are the pieces that we actually need to do, and in what order, and then we'll probably tell the public like, here's the plan, and here's how long it's going to take. And honestly, Olivier, if you want to commit contribute code, uh, we don't need to hire people. We we can just you know, you can submit PRs yourself. It's we're really open. You can sit with us. 
Uh, I've done a few. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really hope that, um, and I think this is the case, that this will be one of the major focus of, uh, of the team because um, so many people seem to be using or want to use the CLI. Um, I, I did a Twitter poll for my uh, workshop next week, and I asked if uh, I should use the CLI or not, and 87% of the people wanted me to use the CLI. So that's huge. That's really heartwarming right there. I, I would open it up to solicit people to submit ideas of things like uh, this brainstorm process that we've been going through, to submit ideas through Twitter to me. Um, but I don't think I need to because it's already started. People have already been requesting features uh, for the last uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten months. Yeah. Especially on this show. Yeah, yeah, this show seems to be a magnet for uh, CLI discussion and feature requests and stand-ups. It's, it's really great to see that people are using the CLI. Um, and it's really, it's really good because it gives us a good approximation of uh, what the people want. And like, what, what we want is to provide the most seamless, uh, simple you know, uh, experience to users while keeping their needs. Like, you know, it's we want to be opinionated, but we don't want to force our uh, our opinions on others. So the really the best way to do that is to have people tell us what they want, and then we set the default to be sensible and make sense. And after that, you can customize if you need. Awesome. So, uh, what kind of content we got coming up at NGConf on the CLI? Um, John Papa is going to do a talk about the CLI, uh, how to use it and everything. Um, and um, I'm going to talk about the uh, internals of the build system and how it works, basically. And I'm going to use it for my IATN workshop. <laughs> yes. And Mike is not going to talk about any of this. Nope. Well, that's not true. I will be talking about a lot of it in the hallways. <laughs> oh, right, right. Because, uh, well, I'm not going to tell everybody to come and talk to me uh, because that might be a lot of people. But if you see me around, like, don't be afraid to talk to me. I'm sociable, too. And uh, it means that if you talk to me, you don't talk to Mike. And I think Mike can be appreciative of that, too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, we're getting to the top of the hour. So let's wrap this puppy up. Uh, speaking of NGConf, uh, next week we're going to be doing a live show uh, on Thursday. It's going to be Thursday at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, and we're going to be doing that so during the fair day of NGConf. Um, we'll have probably most of these people here with us. We're probably just going to try and pile in as many people as we can pull in and say hey and just talk about the experience of the show and stuff. So that should be pretty fun. Um, if you want to tune in and watch talks that are going on in the fair day, I think they're streaming them. Does anybody know if they're streaming talks during the fair day? Yes, they are streaming. OK, so remember, watch those talks if you want to watch those live. You can always watch this recorded. So you can tune in live for our show, or don't sweat it. Watch our show. It'll be up on YouTube as soon as we're done recording it. So anyway, just consume all that content, right? Uh, we will also be launching our new branding for uh, Angular Air. And we've got some stickers that we will be handing out uh, come Fair Day. So come find me on Fair Day. I'll have the stickers. 
I want stickers. Our new logo here. Haha, <laughs> look at that. Oh, wait. And we got I, a new, I new shirt. I need a new shirt now. Are, are you making that, new shirts? That'll be next. That'll be next. <laughs> but these guys will be floating around. We also got some special ones that we're going to be handing out to guests of the show. They'll get a guest badge one. And our panelists, of course, our panelists will get one. Oh, do I, do I officially get two? Be handing those out. And we'll get the branding going here in a, in a bit. So, all right, do let's I get to get panelist and guest. What's up? Do I get panelist and guest now? Yes. I mean, yes. You get, you get both. So, anybody else, you know, Olivier, you know, you want to. You want to be a guest or haven't been a guest and want to be a guest and just and our panelists, hey, you get some stickers. Just I, let me know. I've been a guest. guest as well. I've been a guest before I tried and got up. Yeah, you're Olivia's been a guest, so he's getting to. All right. I think everybody here uh, is getting multiple stickers, so woo party. <laughs> well, I don't think I've been right, a panelist yet, but got picks. Yeah. I don't think I've been a panelist yet, but uh, maybe maybe sometime soon. Cool. All right, we got any picks? Uh, Austin, you got something? I think I'm the only one with picks. All right, Mike. Well, let us know your picks. I, I've got two. I've got two. Uh, the first one, I'm going to go with a tip for the CLI because uh, it's one of the lesser-known features. So if you're writing your code and you're not sure of how to do something, maybe you uh, aren't sure how to provide an output or an event emitter uh, for one of your components, uh, you can run ng space doc. And then whatever search term you want, it'll open up. Uh, it'll automatically pop your default browser and to the to search the documentation on Angular.io. A little quick shortcut because you're going to be there creating your component, and it's like, yeah, I'm working on my component. I want to be able to find out how to create an event emitter. So ng doc event emitter, it'll open up the docs uh, directly for you, uh, running that query for you. So little tip there. Uh, the other one is definitely. Uh, unrelated to the CLI, but uh, they just announced uh, yesterday, and thanks to Olivier, he tweeted about this this morning, there's going to be a new broccoli emoji. Uh, it's out now, but uh, it won't hit devices and uh, mainstream until later this year. So keep an eye out for that. So, broccoli as an emoji. I think pandas eat broccoli, right? Or bamboo, at least. It's close enough. <laughs> That's all digital, buddy. <laughs> So are we going to see your name change on Twitter to like Broccoli, 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 Brocco, <laughs> Broccoli, Broccoli, Broccoli? No, I'm aiming for Mike and then the Broccoli uh, logo. I figured, I figured that fits, at least temporarily. We'll see. All right, cool. Well, hey, congratulations, you guys, on uh, Angular CLI 1.0.0 final. That's a cool milestone. Uh, we've all enjoyed going well. I think most of us enjoyed. I've definitely enjoyed this journey of going along with you guys and excited to continue to use this tool going forward and, and help promote it. Uh, thanks, Hans, for coming on and talking all about it and sharing that information with us. Thank you. You're welcome. It was uh, quite a journey, a year and a half. That's, yeah, a lot of work, right? A lot of work and a lot of changes over that time. But uh, the better. It's been awesome. So you, you bring up Beard, one other uh, point. Um, so you've enjoyed. You mentioned you enjoyed the ver uh, the journey with us. I want to say thank you to anybody who used an alpha version, a beta version, or a release candidate. Provided any feedback or anything, whether it was uh, submitting an issue, uh, questions on Stack Overflow, anything that you did, thank you. Um, it's definitely helped the product 
Um, it's not just the people who are writing pull requests or anything else. It's everybody who's contributed, used it, and found bugs or anything. So thank you to everybody who's used the CLI. I love it. Just a bunch of love everywhere, right? Awesome. All right, thanks everybody for the show. Glad we got some uh, content out there about the CLI. And we will see everybody uh, through ng-comp and let the party begin next week and get your consumption of all kinds of angular content. Yeah, and if we don't see, see you, you can see us. <laughs> right, right. right. We'll, we'll imagine you through whatever we're doing. Right. All right, <laughs> take it easy. See you. Bye. Thank you, bye.